Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. UCLA at number one Oregon, Thursday night football, ESPN. Marco, what should batters be looking at? Well, we've got a Thursday night game with the number one team in the country. The number one team's lost the last two weeks. Not going to happen this week. You've got a 24-point favorite with Oregon. They had last week off to prepare for this game. They moved to number one without playing a game and seeing what happened the last two weeks. You can rest assured, a Thursday night ESPN game, they'll be focused but I really can't recommend a play in this game because the value's gone. This game opened at 21 and is already up to 24. But I don't want any parts of UCLA. Okay, so what I'm hearing is we've got a number one team that had to buy national TV. We expect the focus, but the line move, if there, if there was any value at 21, it's gone at 24. Absolutely. All right, now a couple points here. You've got a proud program, a UCLA, a, tra- a program with a lot of tradition. And to me, I always like taking programs with a lot of tradition that are big underdogs. Now, actually, UCLA is an historic underdog. Uh, as a 24-point dog, they've only been this big of a dog once since 1985. So in 25 years, they've only been a 24-point dog or more once so, I mean, this is a, a generational-type underdog. Now, they're 8-2 and two as double-digit dogs. Uh, and, and, again, that's not over 25 years. That's in more recent time, which I think is a good example of when you have a proud program who is put into a big underdog role. Now, as a capper, do you like those spots typically? It, the situations, Barrett, this, this is not one of them for me because it's... Wait, I'm thir- sorry, the situations well, there, I don't know what Well, last that week, for example, I mean, that's exactly what I did. I had my best bet was Texas against Nebraska. Right, so that's my question. In general, you agree with that handicapping concept? I do. And why not in this case? In this instance, because, first of all, I feel Oregon is the toughest home field in all of college football. You know, there's maybe three or four, but to me... Going there, this crowd is so loud. You take it now, a number one ranking. This team's never been ranked number one in college football. You put it on a national spotlight on a Thursday night game. We know how much, you know, you handicap Thursday night games differently because of the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and just the travel. The travel. Both teams had last week off, so it's not a factor for either. This is just a, a situation that I can't recommend UCLA. Well, I understand that. So uh, I, I, what I'm hearing you say is, is I'm hearing you say that Oregon fits into a lot of the scenarios that the public likes to bet up. You've got a team that's now become marquee. You've got a team that's a big favor. You've got a team that has a raucous home crowd. And what you're saying is typically you might want to fade those things because they overestimate those factors, but you think legitimately those factors that the public easily recognizes are actually valid in this case, making the number about right. I do, and when you look at Oregon, this is just one of the highest scoring offenses in college football. They can take any play all the way to the house, and we saw what they did against Stanford. Remember, they were down 21-3 at home, 
and just totally turned yeah. that game around. All right, and a few numbers backing up Oregon at home, because to some degree, once a home team becomes dominant, the line usually adjusts for that. They've actually covered 8 of 10 at home, so the lines maker hasn't caught up to their extreme home field, it would seem, and they're 8-2 and two off a of bye. Uh, and again, all of that I, all that hasn't been with the Oregon coach, uh, I don't think, but but a chunk of it has. Right, last question: Home team in this series is five of eighteen ATS, so five and thirteen ATS. Any reason you see for that? Because sometimes, and maybe this is what we can ask the viewers out there to consider, is there something about this matchup, this West Coast rivalry, that the, the, the home field typically doesn't mean as much? Does anything jump out at you? See, when you, to me as a handicapper, when you throw out a, a broad statement like that, 5 of 18, the home team in this series, I like to go back as a handicapper, and I don't have that data in front of me, and look at how many of the home teams were the favorite or the dog because to me it's the complexion of the game when I look at it. If the home team's always the favorite, which is what you would assume. But over, over two decades, if a home team almost two decades is only covering five times, it could, again, five and 13 is not statistically significant if it was a coin flip. But if there's a rationale, to me, that's the thing about trends. Sometimes trends get so extreme, you don't need a rationale. But most of the time, the trend is the starting point, and understanding the rationale is next. And I don't see the rationale here. Like We've talked a couple times in the last few weeks about home and away matchups where they were only 100 miles apart, right. and that the, the visitors did particularly well ATS because the lines maker didn't take into account that there'd be a lot of traveling. Clearly, that's not the geographic case here. Right. Can we identify any reason? Nothing jumps out at me, and it might be something that in the forums uh, at pregame.com or in the YouTube comment section, someone local might be uh, local to these teams might explain it to us. Absolutely. Uh, throw one more thing on uh, stat of Oregon, and this is a significant stat with them this year. In six games so far, they have 22 takeaways which is an, you know, an enormous number. And what ends up happening, because of that offense, as high scoring as it is, when they get those big leads on teams, teams are forced then to go one-dimensional, throw in on most downs, and that sets up for turnovers in the second half, which is important when you're looking at teams that look to extend whenever you've got big point spreads. See, now that's the, you, you extended the whole idea of rationale behind a number because typically I like and most handicappers like to go against a team that has a real plus margin and turnovers because they think it's going to even out in the end and that they've been overperforming because of that. But you're saying the reason for this is Oregon's getting into a big lead, become one-dimensional, and that's causing a lot of turnovers. When the defense can pin their ears back and come at the quarterback, bad things are going to happen for the opposing offenses. All right, so what's your official uh, I have, projection? I have Oregon winning 45-20, to 25-point 20, spread, but the line is 24, so no, not a most, lot of Most of the time the number's right, so you can't force a pick. All right, now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking about the Friday night game, South Florida at Cincinnati. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. South Florida at Cincinnati. Friday night ESPN 2 football. Marco, what you better be looking at? 
Well, RJ, in one week, public perceptions to- turned around totally on these two teams. Last week, we talked about Cincinnati being an underrated team. They're now an overrated team in one week, and I'll explain why in this video. All right, and South Florida? South Florida, the stock is pummeling, falling fast. So we got someone too underrated, someone overrated. That sounds like value. You're going to hear about it. All right, so let's start with Cincinnati. All right, Cincinnati, as we talked about, beginning of the season, new coach, got things to adjust to. They started slow. Well, public saw them at the beginning of the season. They remember what they see, and this team had a couple bad performances. Lines maker was slow to react as they started to catch on to the new coach and what he wanted to do with the program. Now this team is playing much better ball. Last week we gave Cincinnati out on this video. Which was an extension of that underperformance early when the expectations are high with the new coach. Vegas didn't catch up to them. There was value last week, I felt, in Cincinnati. Now, given the fact both teams were on national TV last week, this is a rare occurrence. These two teams played on Thursday and Friday last week. South Florida had a bad game against South Florida was on the road on Thursday. Cincy was on the road on Friday. Correct. Cincy went into Louisville in a shootout. They went back and forth, won the game by eight points. South Florida, on the other hand, had a bad game against West Virginia. And in the last two games, South Florida has only scored six and nine points. They've yet to score a touchdown in two conference games. Good point. So I'm looking here. The public's going to be in love with Cincinnati in this game based on what they saw with their own eyes. I think you're going to see a different South Florida team. I like that this line is over a touchdown. South Florida has a good defense. They'll be able to slow Cincinnati down. And Cincinnati's defense is not as good as West Virginia's. So we'll see some points from South Florida. Now, the wise guys agree with you. This game opened at 9 and was bet down to about 7.5 as of our Wednesday taping. Actually, the Hilton had 7 right before we went on air. So it looks like this downward pressure. And remember, with the wise guy stuff, if it's going against what seems to be the public side, it's usually a legitimate position. It's hard to say since he wouldn't be the public side here, thus they really seem to like South Florida. And I agree with them 100%. I, I have Cincinnati winning this game, but I have it as like a 24-20 type game. So I'm going to take... Give South- us your projection. Cincinnati wins by four, but we're going to take South Florida plus the points. Make that an official play here. And would you recommend as quickly as possible on this? Because you don't want this at seven. No, you want to grab this thing at seven and a half, and there's really not a lot of difference at seven and a half and eight. Now, you had a game, we were talking about this, you had a game this weekend where people that shopped got a push and people that weren't able to shop got a loss. It's very important. Well, my game of the month on Sunday was Houston Texans, and that line was four and a half all week long. Sunday, it dropped to four at several books here in town, the Hilton and stations both. And I do a lot of wagering through stations because they have, I feel, in town the best phone system. But uh, Bookmaker had it at four, and that's the book that I used and recommended through our, our services. But it's important. And a lot of people, Bodo. All right, let's go. Well, both. <laughs> so I you want to shop for lines. You want to shop for lines, but you want to have two. And when you All shop right, so for lines. Let, let, let me jump in. So. Books have a profile. Absolutely. And some 
some take a lot of public action, which typically means they're going to shade the line towards the favor, laying five instead of four and a half or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the sharper books are typically going to uh, shade the line away from the favor because sharps are typically playing the dogs. So ideally, if you only could have really more books, the better. But if you can have two, you want one book that's sharp. And Bookmaker is a great example of that. Bet Jamaica is a great example of that. And you want a book that's, uh, square. that's square. Bodog's an example of that. And Bet Us is an example of that. Now, pregameaction.com, you can get the lowdown on all these books and find the best bonuses available there. Okay, so let me see. I got one question before we head out here. Since he has covered six straight in this series, okay, we got new coaches on both sides or both teams here, first-year coaches. In your opinion, does what trends carry forward from coaches and what trends, and in that case, it would be a cultural thing. Let's say a high state. A high state has a culture. The Steelers have a culture. Mm -hmm. And if you give me a trend on the Steelers that goes, that goes back to Chuck Noll, I might actually give it some credence because of that culture. Um, other schools don't have any real culture when it comes to football. Is that how you look at it, cross coaches? When you say culture, the word that comes to mind to me when I look at some of these series is, is it a series that there's a rivalry involved? Like if it's an Ohio State-Michigan type mm -hmm. game, Pitt-West Virginia. I would not put a South Florida-Cincinnati as a rivalry. Like, but last so you're saying specifically when it comes to matchups between two teams, if, if the rivalry between these teams is meaningful, then, then you're more inclined to go cross-coaches. Uh, cross-coaching tenures, I guess, would be the way to say. So respect tendencies, yes. And in this case, not so much. Absolutely. I had an interesting conversation with a, a new friend of mine on Twitter. He's out of Kansas, and he's actually quite a sharp guy. And he was, I gave a stat that went cross coaches, and he came back and was like, la you know, like really dismissive, like, well, that guy hasn't been there for that long. Mm -hmm. And my rationale was there's certain traditions that sometimes are going to stay pertinent across time or across coaching staffs. And, and I guess that's the trick, identifying when that's the case and when it's not. Okay, now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be moving uh, in our next video and our next actual audio podcast. We'll be talking about the weekend's biggest games.